You are listening to Proudly Resents. Oh, reason. I, I can't even hear you well. Hi, this is Sammy Wazell. Uh, Proudly Resents. The Cult Movie Podcast. The Adam Biggest Men Show. To all you Proudly Resents listeners out there, just remember, you can't touch on hospitality. Oh, all right. You don't need to. Why bring sand to the beach? Yeah, exactly. Robert Morton. Exactly. Prowler's Ends, Prowler'sEnds.com with Robert Morton. This is Adam Spiegelman. We're going to talk about the movie Late Shift, which is about a time in Robert's uh, life, or Morty as everyone calls him, about Leno and Letterman, the late night wars when they're fighting for a Carson spot. Not Daly, but the other one, Johnny. But uh, in the movie, and this is what Carson did before. Yeah, yeah, we were fighting for the 130 slot at NBC. (laughs) Could you imagine? It was up for sale. He's finished that, Carson. It's on Craigslist, the uh, 130 slot, yeah, if you I'm want sure. it. I'm sure. But in the movie, at one point, you're... Meanwhile, car- he's worked longer than any of them. He'll be there he's forever. He's probably been on the air 40 years already. He wasn't worried about his job during the whole uh, no. Leno uh, no. debacle. What is it like watching a movie? I watched, it, I watched a little of it this morning. It's pretty bizarre. Yeah, it's, 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 it's bizarre. It was bizarre to watch. When it first came out, it wasn't bizarre to watch because it was all kind of fresh and it didn't seem dated. It's really I, I, dated. I watched it today. It is such a, a, a tribute to the 80s. It's, it it's, really is. It's unbelievable. Suits. The clothes, the suits, the hairdos, the, you know, smoking in the office. Right. That's the funniest thing, you know? And it had a little madman in it. I was, the, the, the scene with all the executives deciding to give the job to Leno, and they all have cocktails. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, there was a, yeah. Is that true though? For that oh, yeah. Time? Even, yeah. Oh, the NBC executives, they were all, they used to get shit-faced all day long. Really? There yeah. were two executives. Uh, one guy's name had a weird zoom. The other guy's name was Miller. And they were the late night executives at NBC at the time. New York late night executives, it's, it's, it's hardly a job. It's one show and the two of them, that's what they had to do. And we never talked to them. And if you had any dealings with them, you had to do it in the morning because in the afternoon they were vicious drunks. Wow. Did they come Both to tapings? No. 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 Because no, we, just did, we didn't out. allow them. Oh, you didn't allow them? Nah. We don't because you didn't want them to make changes? You know, in those days you didn't have to be nice to executives. You didn't have to be nice to managers and agents either, which is, you know. Well, that's changed? Oh, yeah. You got to be nice to executives. You got to be nice to, <laughs> to representatives. Why is that, you think? Because they just. Uh, because. Well, what changed? Uh, they all became producers. Mm hmm. You know, and they all started taking the job seriously. You know, so just in those taking the name and having a drink. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Take these guys. I'm serious. They would show up in the morning. I have no idea what they did in the mornings. If if we were their only responsibility, never spoke. You know, very rarely spoke to them in the mornings. Afternoons, they'd get shit faced and they'd go. You know, they'd be on the the Long Island Railroad at at five oh one, going home, and it's, it was it was very strange. And I think now. They've cut back on those jobs. I think there's so few, so few of them. There's still scores of network executives, uh-huh. but I think they, you know, they take those jobs really seriously. No, they don't want to lose their job. Think, and they all think they're they're professionals. Uh huh. You know, that's that's that's. You know. well, in those they, days, it, all the guys in in the '80s that were doing it were all guys who were advertising executives in the '50s and the '60s. You know, who segued into television and became TV executives. You know, they all came from sales. Nobody, you know, when I went into television, you know, it wasn't a chosen field. People didn't want to do it. Now everybody wants to do it. You know, everybody wants to be in show business. And 
you know, at, at one point it was, you know, there, there weren't many people. There were no schools of communication. No, they you were know? just kind of yeah, moved it was away liberal over. arts. You know, you, you went for liberal arts and you decided to go into TV or, or film. Well, how did you start out? How did you break into TV? You know, I got a job as a page and, you know, wanted to do it and worked in college as interns and independent studies and, right, right. you know, so same way. Any, any excuse to get out of class. <laughs> how did you end up at Letterman the first time? Uh, I had been, you know, Letterman did a morning show on NBC that started in 1980. And I had a girlfriend that was working. I, I, I knew Letterman. I, I, I knew Letterman since like 79, 78, 79. From stand-up? Yeah, I knew him when he was a stand-up. Uh -huh. Yeah, I knew him before he, he did shows. What was the stand-up like? Pretty, pretty weak. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was observational shit, but, you know. He didn't want to be a stand-up. He wanted to be a host. Is that what you think? The, well, the funny part, as, as I've said many times, is how Leno was such a great stand-up and Letterman was such a shitty stand-up. And uh -huh. I, I shouldn't say shitty. He wasn't that bad, but he wasn't. Leno's you know, a You didn't watch him and go, this is a great craftsman. He was a good writer and, mm -hmm. you know, it was very soft. You know, he was a weatherman from Indianapolis. It wasn't the edgiest material that he was doing. Uh -huh. you know, but he was a shitty stand-up, great talk show host. Leno was a great stand-up, <laughs> shitty talk show host. So it's kind of funny how it panned out. Yeah. But he, uh, in 1980, my, my then-girlfriend was working on that show. My roommate and friend was his manager. And that's how I met Letterman. And my, so anyway, he had this morning show, and he asked me to produce it and I went to my girlfriend and I said you know she was already on the show the first producer was fired uh -huh. and they asked me to take it over and I was you know 26 years old and I I said you know I I want to take this job and my girlfriend said well I can't work for you <laughs> wow. and I turned it down I was being given a show to run at 26 and I wow. said I can't do it my girlfriend won't let me so and how soon after Last that did you guys I'll break up? Last time I'll do that. Huh? How soon after that did you guys break up? Uh, it was, it was, we stayed together a few years. Oh. We stayed together a few years after that. And then in 82, when he started the late night show, he came to me and he said, I can't give you the number one job because I hired somebody. But, uh, you know, the guy that did the, took the job when I passed on it. <laughs> Moron. He said, you know, I can't give you that job, but you could be number two. So I took it, uh -huh. knowing that I'd overthrow the guy kill the guy yeah we don't know what happened to him he's missing he's somewhere yeah you know did he leave saying screw you guys you'll be nothing without me and then uh, he was shown the exit uh-huh as i was <laughs> so but in this movie you were a lot heavier and a lot more italian looking yeah exactly. than back then i know i always i in all honesty they got pretty much everything in the movie somewhat accurate but they they failed so miserably in in hair and wardrobe and and all that. It, it's it you know, as Letterman always said, they made him a redhead. Yeah. You know, he said he had red hair. He looked like Howdy Doody, and he he, he would always say he said it's not like there's no tape available to see what color <laughs> hair I have. Why do you think they did that? It was in his because, face. You know, it's low budget shit, probably. Yeah, yeah. Know? It was. But I thought the guy that played Letterman was great. He was, yeah. You know, he never met Letterman. 
Uh-huh. And and what was really impressive was how he captured him off stage, really to to a T. He was he 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 really did well. Letterman really that kind of frustrated and self-deprecating. And yeah, all that. you know, like like anybody. Uh huh. Well, in the movie, and this is what I've heard. This is well, kind of- let's put it this way: he's not the guy you see on air. Who is? You know, they're playing a character of, you know, David Letterman, the host. In the Jimmy when he, Kimmel, the host. You know, they're not like Jimmy's that. pretty close. I'd have to say. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, out of all the people I've worked with, you know, and Lopez. <laughs> no, George. George, you know, uh, George was like a hyper version of himself. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess so was Jimmy. But, but in Letterman, they showed his interview with Sandra Bernhard, which I don't know who who canceled. Sandra Bernhard was a great guest, you know, and she she was always a guest that would throw Letterman off because she never wanted to go by the page, and she always wanted to just kind of shock him and you know throw him off a little bit did that bother you at all it, it only bothered me because it bothered him but but you know as far as making for good tv it was always you always kept putting her on it was always entertaining yeah was there any backlash to her doing that movie playing herself no 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 i don't think so i don't, I don't you know it was a long time ago i don't really remember what about the guy who played uh, Letterman, it, it says that he was ne- he turned down being on the show, but I heard a different story. He no, he was on the sh- he was booked on the show, and then he got bumped. But do you think that was on purpose? Yeah, so I heard that Letterman was stalling. Letterman was definitely stalling. Letterman was definitely stalling. Yeah, uh-huh. and the guy got bumped. We didn't rebook him. <laughs> I wonder if you do him now. He's a pretty big star. He's a funny guy. Yeah. He's a real funny guy. He's on the show Happily Divorced playing... Uh, oh, is that what he's on? Yeah. He plays the husband? The gay husband. He's, he's a good actor. He's a he's a, a very funny actor. The guy that played me is a good actor, too. John Kapalos. He's a Second City guy. He's he's. Oh, he is? He yeah. seemed like one of those Italian mob actors. No, he's a Second City guy. He still works out of Chicago. Did you ever meet him? I knew him before he did the movie. I oh, knew you him did? Before. It's funny. I knew a lot of the people. I was Bob Balaban's an old friend of mine as well. He played Warren Littlefield. He played Warren Littlefield a lot. Asked if I minded that he played that part. Wow. I remember when he got the part, he called me. He goes, "You mind if I take this part?" I go, "No. What the fuck do I care? Uh-huh. Take it." You know. Was there anything that offended you in the movie? No. 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 The movie was, you know, it was accurate. The only inaccurate part of the movie that I that I saw and it used to make everybody crazy was. The scene where Letterman is throwing baseballs at a target. <laughs> at his house. There's an archery target. Yeah. You know, it's like he never threw baseballs at a target. Well, that's some low-budget target. shit. Like, what do we have lying around? Yeah, like, give, give me that target from, you know. Yeah, they, this craft service table, we'll be throwing it at that. Yeah, Battle yeah. of the Network Stars had that, that target. Let's use it. <laughs> I know, I thought there was a tank attached to it, and Rich Little falls in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What about Rich Little playing Johnny Carson? Well, I mean, aside from the fact that he was 60 pounds heavier than Johnny Carson. <laughs> That's why Carson looked in retirement. Well, that was the other thing. They, you know, Carson always had thinning hair and, you know, was white-haired, but, but it was always really thin. And they give him a, this whole, you know, big ratty hairpiece that Rich Little <laughs> is wearing. And the funniest part was Rich Little could, was, was more or less blackballed from The Tonight Show. Oh really? Yeah. Was there a story behind that? I don't know what the exact story was, but there, yes, there is somewhere deep down in the annals of late night trivia. He didn't give why, the finger. A reason why he was not booked ever on the Tonight Show. Oh, good for him for doing yeah. that role. There are a lot of stories like that with Tonight, what? Tonight Show. Always, you know. Why is that? Was the Carson just? Uh... You know, 
they rule the roost. You know, and we always used to say in Letterman, you know, we're never going to be like that. And then all of a sudden, you rule the roost, and you're like that. You know, judgmental, and, you know, this person did this 25 years ago, or stole a joke and did it on stage, or stole a girlfriend, or, you know, and uh-huh. all of a sudden, you're booking for reasons other than merit. Was there any, any stories like that you can think of when you were at Letterman? No, no. I can't think of any. Leno was always on Letterman, right? Yeah. At the time? Yeah. Great guest. Yeah? Oh, Leno was a powerful guest. Always good. He would just come on and just do that. Prepared. Come on prepared. That's all it is. How did he first come on? Was it through Helen? Meryl Marco, who was, you know, created the show with Letterman, and Letterman both idolized him. Thought Leno was God. I mean, that's, you know, and one of the first people they wanted on when they did the show, started the show was, was Leno. They said, we've got to get Jay Leno. You've got to give him. And The Tonight Show wouldn't book Leno for a long time, and I think, I think Letterman... Had to call Carson, and it was all... To get him on? To get him back. He had done it years beforehand, uh-huh. and I don't know why they didn't have him back. It was one of those things, The Tonight Show, you know? Mm-hmm. They were smoking cigarettes. Whatever the reason scotch. is. Screw Whatever the reason guy. is, you know? Eventually, Letterman had an antecedent call Carson and say, hey, look, Leno's great. you got to put him on, blah, blah, blah. And Carson agreed. And then he got screwed in the end. And then he fucked him. <laughs> well, you, could you see that fucked coming? Fucked him in the ass. You motherfucker. No, yeah, he he has those weird in the movie. He's such a puppy dog, and he has all those weird allegiance. And then he just screwed the guy that got him his big break. In the movie, they made it look like it was Helen Kuschnick that screwed him, but you know. You think he knew about the article? The big thing of the film was turning point that she. I think he knew. I don't know if he knew about the the article, but I I, I would be almost I'd, I'd bet my bottom dollar that he knew that he was forcing Carson out. So he's not the, such a nice guy. He's a nice guy. It's business. No, I mean it's, it's it's so weird it's, to force Carson out. Like the way I, I just couldn't imagine doing having that idea. Like, oh, we'll just wait till he get someone going to force a Letterman out to take his spot. Yeah, that's but, what happens. Do you think? Because Carson got really. That's what happens. That's why it's such a joke that Leno taking his job back at NBC. That's what business is. It's not for the faint of heart. Big time television. Well, it's almost like People the Godfather. Fuck each other in these these things. People fuck each other at every company on. The Forbes 500, it's 400, 500, what is that? It depends on the year. Yeah, however many hundred. <laughs> it depends how you're feeling. Forbes 400. You haven't eaten in it's four Forbes days. Forbes 400, yeah. Is it 400? Yeah, I've been eating Jello all day. Yeah, how's that going? It's good. I'm going to get some big shoved up my ass tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to put a camera up there. And then you're going to get a prostate exam. <laughs> then then <laughs> the exam. <laughs> so, no, but the scene... Uh, keep it going, keep it going. Come keep on, go. I, this is nerve-wracking because you go. pay me Just eventually to... Let's go. Move along. Keep it moving. Let's go to commercial. We interrupt your podcastual programming for this HollywoodLeak.com news break. Here's the latest from HollywoodLeak.com. Own network tanking. Oprah wants her cars back. Seal grows mustache. Changes his name to Walrus. And a quick pilot casting update. You didn't get it. Entertainment news is always leaking. For these stories and more, go to HollywoodLeak.com. Hey, so check out HollywoodLeak.com. I write for it. It's uh, basically the onion for entertainment news. If you want to watch The Late Shift, which Morty and I are talking about right now, you can see it on our website, ProudlyResents.com slash Late Shift. You can see it for free. This is a two-parter. I talked to Morty for well over an hour. 
cut in half and put all the late shift stuff on this episode and then either next week or the week after we'll have a lot of stuff of him talking about late night tv some of his history some really funny stories so it's also a great episode that'll be next week or in two weeks if uh bobcat comes through and gives me the interview that was <clears throat> promised i also just talked to eric schaefer this morning awesome interview uh, that'll be up in the next couple weeks and do you like the format of 30 minutes to 30 minute episodes as opposed to one one hour episode let me know you can uh, go to our facebook group which is facebook.com slash proudly resents twitter at proudly resents email proudly resents at gmail.com k-y-t-i people <laughs> so spoiler alert by the way uh leto gets the job what do you think of the guy who played Leto? uh too soft yeah yeah you know he may, I, I, i'm sure it's the way it was written but but you know leno leno knew what was going on leno was no nobody's fool he was a babe in the woods in this movie uh, yeah, until he started you know eavesdropping and you know, hiding in bathrooms and closets. And That's stuff a real like story. In one part in the movie. Well, this, this, yes, Leno admitted it, but Leno was also famous in, in the old stand-up days when he did, did clubs. He used to go to the improv, and you know how you walk out of the showroom at the improv and the bathrooms are right there on the right? Leno used to get off stage and run to the bathroom and stand on a to- toilet in a stall so you couldn't see his feet that he was in there just to overhear people, you know. What they thought of him? And, Wow. Yeah. So that's where you learned it. Because in the movie, the executives are having yeah, a Yeah, he has an old history. He had, he had a, a storied history of, of eavesdropping. What was your relationship with Leno? Oh, good. I, Jay and I you know, had a really good relationship. Uh-huh. To this day, I mean, I, I still talk to him. I, I like Jay. But Helen Kushner was, was his manager. They made she... her look nice in the movie. <laughs> they really did. I mean, if I you like haven't the, seen the movie. I don't like talking... Badly about the dead, but she she was much worse than they portrayed her. Because you watch the movie, and she comes off like the worst human being in the world, and you think, well, this is an exaggeration. Yeah. But, no, but, she was she was a lot worse. Did you ever deal with her personally? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. A lot. She's, in the movie, she's screaming at people, calling them fuckheads. And yeah, I think there was a scene. I didn't get to it when I watched it today, but there was a scene where she calls me, and, you know, it's basically, you know, I make so much more than you, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, who the fuck cares? Would something like that happen? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She used to make threatening calls and would try to pull guests on us because we'd book someone first. And I, you know, we never caved. Well, that was a big thing in the movie, was that how dare she say that someone couldn't go on your show or go on Arsenio to go on her show. But that still happens. Yeah. Right? You've seen that happen. It does happen, and why not? Uh-huh. Well, it's a competitive marketplace. It's not like we're doing this for charity. Right. You know, it's it's business. It's show business. You so know, once what, you get what's some wrong club. with saying don't do another show? So that was her least offensive thing. Yeah, yeah that, that, that never bothered me much. Uh-huh. That never bothered me much, in all honesty. And, you know, and we were on the bad end of it. Right. And once you became, because that show was more popular. Yeah. Yeah, and it was always about some lame country artist or something, you know. It was never about anybody good. That you really wanted. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good excuse yeah. to get rid of him. Yeah, you know, it was like, you know, they wanted Barry Manilow first. It was, it was never any real consequence. Hey, you guys had different kind of guests. I yes. mean, Letterman now has the same guests, but... Yeah. So did when Johnny Carson retired, did you know that was going to happen? 
Yeah, we yeah we well we found out that day. The okay. scene in the movie is pretty accurate. So what? Yeah, what happened? Where you... Johnny went to the affiliate. I don't know. It was the upfronts, mm-hmm. and Carson announced that the following May he was going to retire and give up the show, and he basically walked off stage, and everybody was shocked. You know, he didn't prepare anybody for it. And that night, that happened at like. One two in the afternoon, and that night he did Letterman's show, and came on and made the announcement and talked about it. Why do you Why do you think he did it like that? Uh, fuck you to Leno, probably. Fuck you to NBC. He probably knew what was really going on and how they overthrew him. Yeah, so that really happens in the movie. She puts out an article in the New York Post saying that he wants to retire one day. Right. And he never. He Carson never said he wanted to retire. I don't think so. Uh-huh. Who knows? You know, I mean, hey, you do it for 30 years. That's a good time to retire. Well, Letterman didn't retire. He could have. He said he would because he just wanted to suppress Carson. But then he's like, fuck it. I don't want to sit home with my kid all day. Yeah. But, you know, son, there's nobody nipping at Letterman's heels either, really. It's, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, look, I think if Letterman still brings in the audience and there's nobody, you know, I mean, Craig Ferguson is waiting, but. You think he can replace him? No. No. I mean, I, mean I, I, Why is I, that? can he replace him? Yeah, sure, he can replace him. Well, but, I mean, you know, something, is he going to be, unless you're going to be better than the existing lot, you know, you don't take that job. Uh-huh. You know, is he going to be better than, than Conan? Is he going to be better than, you know, Jimmy Fallon? I don't think so. I think he's good. I think he's smart. But I don't think he's 1130. Who do you think would replace uh, Letterman? Who could or who will? Either one. I think um, John Stewart could. Uh-huh. You think he would leave no. Daily Show for it? No. no. It makes too much money. It makes that money low pressure. Now. You know, it, it, there was a time when broadcast television, you know, when they were doing 30 shares, you know, big ratings. Now you can make that money anywhere. It's, it, you know, nobody watches network television anymore. Right. You know, not that many people. Not, he, he can get the same number. He can get the same number on, on, on cable. Right. So, you know, if cable were paying $2 million a year and network was paying $40 million a year, I'd say, <laughs> sure, why wouldn't he take it? You know, same amount of work. But I think he's, he's just fine where he is. Why do you think, because they talk about this in the movie a lot, that Letterman, to go to CBS, got a, a shitload of money, and Leno, to stay at NBC, got okay money right. and still makes okay the difference between their salaries which is public is huge Letterman who does not doesn't do as well as Leno makes so much more money why do you think that is uh, I think it's all my personal thing I, I think it's all tied to I think Leno still wants that populist you know attitude he he wants to be able to say hey I don't, I'm not making 45 million 50 million dollars I'm fine with my 20 million dollars I don't have to make that much you know the guy's got more money he doesn't spend on anything he has no children he's right. you know he buys motorcycles and cars right you know he doesn't travel he doesn't go on vacations he doesn't you know he used to laugh when I, I would say yeah I'm going to weekend. what are you going to a dude ranch what are you doing what kind of vacation are you taking you know I was like and he wears the same outfit. He's always worn that denim yeah, shirt and denim pants. he's not spending it on clothing. He's not, uh-huh. you know, Jay rel- lives relatively modest. He lives in a, a two-bedroom condo uh, in West Hollywood. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> not true. I wouldn't go that far. 
So when you found out about him leaving, did you assume the Carson said I'm going to retire? Did you think, okay, we're in? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just always thought that we would get the job because of our merits. You know, we worked hard. We did good shows. We got decent numbers. We always thought that we didn't have to politic. That was the mistake. You think? Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and Letterman was not going to do that to Johnny Carson, which is, you know, still very admirable. All right, so the, not over seven Johnny Carson makes sense, but he was he went over the line. Like he wouldn't in the movie, he wouldn't let executives into his office. An executive said, "I went, I came to see you one afternoon, and you said you weren't you were in a meeting." And I was like, well, I couldn't imagine that ever happening." You didn't have to talk to executives. In those days. <laughs> <laughs> that was I'm the beginning serious. of the days you had to. You never now you have to. Uh huh. Now you know. They control your fate. Then it was like, you know, some mid-level executive at NBC, you're going to have to kiss his ass. It's like... But that's why Letterman was great, that you guys were countercultural and you did, you did different things. That's why they didn't want him there. They didn't always, get the hey, joke. Look, you know, and, and that's the root of any good, you know, at least in those days, uh-huh. that was what made good comedy when you were rebellious. You know, you didn't want to be on their side. So what happens, all right, so you guys are rebellious at 12.30, you can do anything you want, and now you want to be 11.30 and, and a part of society. Like, what changed? Uh, we never had to give in. I, I don't think he ever did. I mean, had he stayed at The Tonight Show, I think he would have had to change quite a bit more than he did going to CBS. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, he created his own thing. He didn't inherit somebody else's franchise. You know, when you're the keeper of The Tonight Show, it's, it's a lot harder. And hey, look, you know, Conan tried to reinvent it, and the audience rejected it. Yeah. You know, what do you I think, think that people are just used to watching the same show? You're not going to change the nightly news. Uh, no, I think people take change. I think people take change, but you know, it's it's you're appealing to a, a mass audience in that time. You know, the, the Tonight Show has to appeal to all all demographics, and you know, that's not what twelve thirty was ever about. No, it was... No, we never have had a... You know, we never thought about the audience. Really? Never. You just did anything you wanted. Did whatever you wanted to do. That's we, you guys did some amazing if stuff. If you liked it, you did it, you know? Uh-huh. The way it should be. Like, what, can you give an example of stuff that you remember that you think was great? I mean, there's everything. a lot of great stuff. And the Vel- Letterman wearing a Velcro suit and then springboarding onto a Velcro wall. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. So was that out of necessity because you needed to kill time, or was it? No, just a- that was a piece that somebody wrote. One of the writers wrote, and you know they fabricated the suit. You know the designers and the whole team went into, you know, building and designing the whole stunt, and you know, it was pretty cool. Nobody we, had ever done that before. Will you admit today you guys stole everything from Richard Bay? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we were doing that shit way before you. Oh, guys. Yeah, Richard Bay was exactly. <laughs> Uh, one of the favorite characters. I've watched this movie a thousand times. It's your problem, man. It, well, listen, I had it on VHS. But Michael Ovitz, uh, that was like an amazing character. Like, he was the coolest guy. I always thought that's how agents were yeah. in the movie. Do you remember? Yeah. Was that how he was in real life? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, he was like that. He was like that to us. Uh-huh. You know, he was always, you know, extremely confident, you know, very effective, you know, had a great calming influence. You know, and he, you always got the sense that he would, he'd kill somebody for you. <laughs> That's what it looked like. Yeah, he yeah. would. We used to always laugh. He would. We'd, we'd be in a meeting with him, and he'd pull out of his uh, out of his suit pocket. He would have in his breast pocket would have this little leather. 
it was like a leather card holder that had one card in it. And he'd write a note on it and put it back in his pocket. And it was always like, is that, you're making a list of people you're going to kill? What are you doing? <laughs> he'd be having a random conversation and he'd just pull it out, write on it, put it back. Uh-huh. Uh, he was a very mysterious guy. Did you think when in the movie there's a point where NBC is not sure now they've made Leno the choice right now they're having buyer's remorse did you think you guys would become at any point oh great now we're going to be on the Tonight Show yeah we thought we would get the Tonight Show till the very end you know we always they offered it in the very end yeah in the very th- end they said you know it was a it was a you know lame oh. offer that they knew they'd never have to keep. You know, but they said, you know, I, I forget what it was. Jay will have it for a year, and then you'll take it over, something like that. Did yeah. you think they'd really do that? Uh, I didn't think they'd, no. That's why we left. We didn't yeah. think they'd ever do it, no. Mm-hmm. No, we, we, we knew it was a, a lame offer. And at, at that point, The Tonight Show was Jay Leno's show anyway. It wasn't Johnny Carson's Tonight Show, so, you know. Yeah, he made it his own, I mean, for yeah. better or for worse. So, you know, to replace that Tonight Show was a little different than replacing the other Tonight Show. Uh huh. It's also long ago. Well, what besides getting shown the door? What people would you don't care about this anymore? People care. They, all they talk Nobody about. Nobody cares. Nobody. About this shit. It's really boring. People have turned off a while ago. They stopped driving the car. People usually listen to the show in the car. They're not even going to work today. Do people They're so listen boring. in the car. Yeah, that's how most people listen. Really? Yeah, yeah. So I try to keep it on a half how hour. How many listeners you have? I have about seven, which is <laughs> six more than I expected. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> but what would you have done differently at that time? Like while you were there. Like, think, what are things that you think, oh, I, I could have done this, I could have done that? I did, you know, pretty much what we did. It's, it's hard to, you know, I mean, we were doing what, what Letterman's vision was, you know. Mm-hmm. Was, we, we, we never second-guessed it, you know. I would have held on to the job. That's what, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would have done different. <laughs> yeah, I would have been nice to certain executives, exactly. That's all. That's what it was a show. You know, it was... It's fun to watch the movie, though. The, 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 you know, it's fun on so many levels watching that movie. How's that? Well, you can because it's, it's a lot of it is true. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is is accurately portrayed, and a lot of it is just absurd. <laughs> you know, there are so many absurd scenes where it's you know, like what because Letterman and you know all of us marching across the street to go to CBS. You That's know, a great like, scene. Yeah, yeah, it didn't happen. Uh, it you did guys happen. slumped over. No, it, 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 we walked. We did walk. <laughs> you did cross the street. Yeah, we but crossed you the street, like but it wasn't Mikhail's like we Navy. were walking arm in arm and <laughs> going to the, you know, down a yellow brick road. It was none of that. Yeah, yeah. It but, seemed a little forced. There's a, after that scene when he announces that he's going to CBS, and then you say to Letterman in his car, I have a date downtown. And he says, is there anyone left? Yeah, yeah. At the time, I thought, that was just a weird, why would they throw that in? And then after meeting you, because you're... He was right. Was there anyone left? I got to point out that was the one accurate thing in the film. You asked me this as a question? I don't know how to bring it up. I just think it's hilarious <laughs> that it seems ridiculous. Why did they have to put that in the film? I was a single guy, and I had a little reputation. You did. Have a, you actually had a revolving door in your apartment. Oh, yeah. Not many people know sure, that. sure did. And a trap door. <laughs> yeah. And believe me, and I, I talk about it in therapy a lot, too. Oh, about the, those times? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It was, it was different. Was it, well, you were, you were a celebrity because you were on the show. A celebrity, I was. I was more celebrity than yeah, most producers. You, you had. You know, people. it's different. You know, you're doing a show in New York. I'm, I'm sure. You know, Jimmy Fallon feels this way, and his producer feels this way. You know, you're you're in a smaller 
arena than than Hollywood, where everybody is in the business. Right, right. You know, and you. But you you had the advantage of him saying your name every night. Yeah, yeah. And pointing you out, and yeah. you had an interesting story. Why was he? Why did you appear on the show in the beginning? He he said to me, he said, you know, look, he goes, it sometimes gets really lonely out there. He goes, do you mind if you know I throw it to you and when I need the help to save a joke or to, you know, I found it strange because it's hardly like I'm Mr. Excitement, but <laughs> he, he relied on it. And it was very well engineered, you know. He, he knew exactly why he was doing it. You know? it, it was a, when I would watch a show and it looked like everything was going free willing, was everything planned? Like the phone calls no. and this and that? No, I mean, it, it was, a lot was scripted, but, but no. I mean, he, he obviously follows a format and a roadmap, but, but, but no, he's, he's on his own. Uh-huh. And he's the best at it. Yeah. The best at it. To this, you know, I've yet to see anybody that comes even remotely close to what he could do. Even Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> even Ryan Seacrest. You think he's going to replace but Then the... again, Ryan Seacrest looks damn good in a suit. He does look good. Oh, yeah. He yeah. Looks he looks like a, looks a like raver a in a Ryan suit. Ryan Seacrest. That's what he looks like. What is your Twitter again? Uh, Robert, Robert Morty. Robert Morty, yeah. It's Prowler's Ends. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to our show on iTunes and go to um, our website, prowlersends.com. How long is, is this show? It's about a half hour. Thank, Thank you, you, Adam. I appreciate Pleasure it. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, it was great. Adam, that, that, we're, we're out of time for this interview.